Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Greetings from Jerusalem. My name is David McCrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And this is Morning Drive Bible. We've been having an interesting discussion about abortion. We want to make it very clear that we understand we're men dealing with an issue of today's society would be women's rights. From a Jewish law point of view, we believe that, at least from an Orthodox Jewish point of view, our bodies are not our own. We are stewards of what God has given us in our physical bodies. In fact, I don't think it says in the Bible that you're not allowed to commit suicide, but we sort of rationalize it through logic that if I can't kill somebody else, I definitely can't kill myself. And we also have an idea in Jewish law, a very important idea of the oral law, which is that the written text of the Bible is crucial, but it's a part of a larger system, which also includes the oral traditions of how to understand that text. And looking at one without the other would be an incomplete understanding of what the Bible demands. Meaning that the revelation of God's Word, based upon the canonized text that we were given to us, uh, we don't always have the full picture, and we have to put in a little bit into what we're seeing in front of us, and that's the development of Judaism over thousands of years of dealing of an issue that didn't start in 1973. So we'll just reiterate what we've been saying in previous podcasts, which is any one verse taken, I'm not going to say out of context, but taken in isolation without looking at the rest of the literature, which involves both the Bible and rabbinic literature that's post-biblical, will give an incomplete picture of what the Jewish approach towards this or any law actually is. So last time we left off in the book of Exodus. So let me read those verses again, all right? Please. But this time, do you mind if I give my own translation? Because yes, I don't like should. calling Ophetus the fruit. It's because just... you're holding the what, the Sensino? It's a English great translation, translation, but it's a little bit archaic. It's it a sounds little, like the Queen's English. It, it kind of is. It's actually a British translation over here, with all due respect to our many British listeners, correct, of course. Correct. So the verses are in Exodus chapter 21, verse 22 and 23. My own very, very approximate translation is, when two men are fighting, and they hurt or injure a pregnant woman, and the baby comes out, and there is no tragedy, which means the woman doesn't die, there must be payment. And if there is a tragedy, which means the woman dies, you will give a life for a life. Now, this discussion of manslaughter, because we're talking about unintentional killing here, we treat the fetus and the mother very differently. There's a different law for each one of them, without getting into the specifics of the oral law, but we treat them differently, which shows, it seems, that the fetus does not have a status of being a full human being like the mother. But I think it's important to actually point out that a life for a life here doesn't mean a life for a life. It doesn't mean that the people who accidentally pushed over the pregnant woman and died, that they would get the death penalty. This is very important because this is all part of the process of how we're going to examine these verses. Because in Jewish law, manslaughter does not incur the death penalty. It's simply not true. It would only be an intentional, premeditated murder that would. What would be the punishment for somebody who commits manslaughter? According to biblical law and the rabbinic tradition as well, People who kill someone accidentally must go to a place called an Irmiklat, a city of refuge, essentially be exiled to one of these various cities that were set aside for accidental murderers. In fact, Moses, before he passed away, established some of these cities of refuge on the side of the Jordan. And then there were additional cities within Israel proper as well that were established in the time of Joshua. And they were run by the priests. And a person would have to stay in this city of refuge until the high priest's death. 
So it was not good to be a high priest because people were praying for your death. That's right. But be as it may, at the end, you see that the punishment is not a life for a life as you would fundamentally read it in the Bible, the tradition that we have accepted in our circles within Judaism is that the person who committed manslaughter during temple times would run to the city of refuge and be protected from someone trying to avenge their brother and sister or father and mother or close relative. And of course, like anything in Jewish law, there are all sorts of details about whether in the case classically mentioned in the Bible, the axe head fell off while he was chopping a tree, whether his arm was going down or whether it was going up. There are all sorts of details that are beyond this. But the basic rule is that manslaughter incurs the penalty of exile, not capital punishment. But what you do see from this verse is that for the fetus alone, because you said fetus, and I would say baby, but the fetus alone, if the mother would survive, but there would just be a miscarriage you would not go to a city of refuge. And this is used, therefore, as a source that the fetus slash baby is not a full human being in the same sense that the mother is. In this particular case. Correct. But one would extend that, logically, to say if they really were the exact same status, why would they each incur a different punishment? It doesn't seem to make sense. We don't say that if a person kills a priest as opposed to a Levite, he gets different punishments. That's not how it works. Murder is murder. If well, it's man- not murder. It's but, manslaughter. So manslaughter should be manslaughter. It should be the same thing. The fact that it's not would indicate to many people that therefore a fetus is not a baby. It is a fetus. Or it's just not in the position of being a full-fledged human being in the sense of receiving a particular punishment from the Bible when it falls into that category. So I guess we'll have to look at that next time, huh, yes. David? <laughs> okay. This is David Nekrotman. And this is Scott Kahn. Greetings and blessings from Jerusalem. Thank you.